Hi there, this is Dennis Belko with Out Bureau. Thank you for tuning in to this episode where we are having a fantastic conversation with Martin Mitchick of Diversity Pride, hailing all the way from London. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Dennis. All right, and Martin, you are uh, co-founder of an organization called Diversity Pride. Could you give us a, a good overview of what Diversity Pride is, its mission and focus? Sure. So Diversity Pride is, uh, is, is quite a young organization, only two years old, uh, but we are trying to be the driving force, enabling individuals and organizations around the world to accelerate inclusion and achieve the true belonging. We call ourselves the engineers, providing the tools and the ongoing support to transform uh, your diversity journey to help you achieve the full self-actualization. Always experts in all fields, uh, not only specifically looking at the uh, LGBT, but we look at the whole diversity spectrum um, and we are never afraid to, prove, to be very much provocative and achieve the actual goal people want to. Okay, so awesome. So, uh, of course, take, now you're based in London, and uh, as I know, um, because you know, out, out Bureau is also global, and sometimes that can be um, a little challenging, you know, especially with a startup. So, um, how many are, are, is your team global? You know, give us an idea a little bit about you know, your organization and kind of the, the makeup and spread. So despite the fact we are quite young, we've managed to achieve quite a lot in those two years. Uh, our team is based here in London and also we have uh, members uh, of our team in New York and LA. Um, I'm very happy to say that we work not only on delivering workshops uh, at different companies, uh, but we also um, looked at ways of achieving specifically really inclusive marketing campaigns. Uh, we worked on, on activations with individuals and that is not only here in London. Um, we may think that is uh, because it's a London-based um, business, this is not going uh, to do too much work outside. But we actually work a lot of um, times with, with businesses across Europe. Um, North America, and also now we are getting ourselves a little bit more into Asia. Hopefully after the lockdown, we'll be able to also travel there. Uh, at the moment, it's all virtually, uh, so we actually have a much better perspective and possibilities of um, contacting and reaching those who, uh, who, who seek the help specifically um, when it comes to inclusion. What do you think sets your organization up? So specifically looking at how we approach different problems uh, or generally how we, when we receive a call or an email from a company that wants, to, wants us to work with them on the inclusion, we never have a set package. We never say, okay, you know, let's have a quick 15 minute chat and then after this 15 minutes we will tell you exactly what you need. 15 minutes will never give us what uh, they give us give us specifically as diversity pride the whole picture of the company needs and wants so what we tend to do is uh, from the very beginning uh, we always have the uh, call with um, with the client specifically um, usually even lasts around an hour or two um, just to so we can get to know each other to so we can actually as a diversity pride also learn more about the objectives what the client's objectives are 
for a specific initiative. And what we always want to make sure is that people will not tell us what they specifically want because sometimes we don't, they don't know what they want or what they, or they know what they want, but they don't know what they need. And what we tend to do is always, especially with our long-term programs, which, uh, which we also have, uh, which lasts between uh, 18 to even uh, 36 months, depending on the size of the company, uh, specifically for those, we do have the, uh, the first kind of three steps are to look into the diagnostics. So we, we come in, we analyze everything, what is in, inside the company. Um, and that can take even around two months uh, on average, I would say two to four months, depending on the size again. And then after that, we, we look into the vision and we learn the intention, uh, we set the intention also, what the company wants to do with it. So there is no such a thing like, you know, if you want to, if, well, if you wanted to come and simply book an unconscious bias training with us, of course, we can do it. Inclusive leadership, of course, we can do it. Inclusive recruitment, we can do it. We can do so many individual things. But we always pride ourselves with something that is more meaningful and more long-term. Change will not happen within the day. And this is something what we stress to our clients. Um, so when it comes to our approach specifically, we want to make sure that there is going to be a partnership. There is going to be something beneficial for them. And we build our proposals on something that um, we call in, uh, internally and also we voice it out to, uh, to the world is called LAB, which stands for Learn, Act and Build. Right. And that will automatically take people not only to realize that, you know, we need to do the learning bit, which a lot of companies already do. And we don't want to come and repeat exactly the same material. If you are on the already past the learning stage, we just want you to start acting and build the very much inclusive society within your organization. So there is never a standard pattern uh, that we have. Each organization is different. Each organization have different needs and wants, and we are pride, very proud of ourselves to make sure uh, to to make sure that we actually don't give a set package that sometimes and in most cases actually is totally unnecessary and not beneficial for the company. I could charge you a lot of money for it, but I don't need it. I want to see the change. And that's what we stand for. Um, you know, as a startup, you always look to improve your services. Not that we needed to do too much, but even from that only, that little period that we just had, um, you know, being in a lockdown for a number of weeks, even months, I would say, um, it was it definitely gave us a chance to uh, bring some new ideas to the table and work on them. Um, that's what I wanted to definitely do. We are going to be launching a new um, new project, new charter, completely new service. There were different things that obviously happened as well in between, thinking about the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, that reconnected me even more with the community that supported me for such a long time. And now I've, I know that there is more backing, not only from the companies that reach out to us, um, because they want to have specifically the different unconscious bias training or racial inclusion training or black inclusion training, this kind of things. But they, you know, we having conversations that we wouldn't normally have because I would be on the run, my team would be on the run. So it was actually quite nice to sit at home, deliver the workshops from home, 
the same quality and I knew that what we can do is even more to uh, what was before the COVID, um, which don't get me wrong, I wish it never happened, the COVID, uh, but in the same time, you know, I utilize a lot of uh, resources through my contacts on LinkedIn again, which you mentioned quite a lot. And I, you know, we, I use LinkedIn as a platform to reach out to different professionals um, across the world. Um, I definitely um, helped my friends who I already know for a number of years um, to see if they know any companies that uh, specifically can uh, and needs help when it comes to um, inclusion and can give, you know, give us some work as well. Um, it, there's so many kind of small things, although you cannot go out from home sometimes, it's still you can stay in and do the job. Um, so that I definitely use that as much as I could. Um, internet is our oyster. Uh, in a way, we can just go wherever we want to go in a second. I'm here in London, you are in Florida, um, and we, c we can connect. So, um, you know, so there are definitely different ways of uh, getting a hold of people, having those conversations. And even if the business is not going to start today, the business is going to start later this year, which we already have even more clients than we've had Good question. Uh, one of the perhaps themes that we have is, is companies do come to us because they, um, they've been trying to do good for a number of months, if not years, um, and unfortunately it didn't work. It didn't work in the same way as they wanted it to work and the, the change just didn't happen. And as you were mentioning the competitors, I actually, I love my competitors. I love them to bits because the more mistakes they make, the better I feel. And the more they also not include certain communities, the better I feel too, because not because I'm going to be shouting out loud and saying like, oh, you know, you have not done this far, or you didn't include this, this, this part of the community. I use, I use it as an advantage. I, I do my research. I want to make sure that whatever people do, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm using the things that already exist, but people who unfortunately sometimes yet again forget about. Um, including today, you know, when it comes to disabilities, when it comes to uh, different small really things that sometimes I'm like, this is making a huge difference to someone, yet you're forgetting about them. And that's where sometimes, and you know, to those who are listening, I will also say, don't treat your competitors as a threat. Treat them as a, as a friend to you and make sure that you follow them. Make sure that you look at every single step they take. Because the more you do this, the more you will learn about yourself too. And not only because you may have missed out some, some things as well in your operations, in your deliveries, in whatever you do on a day-to-day -day basis, but also it will allow you to, to expand a little bit more with different services. And you're going to be fully inclusive with your services if you look at all your competitors. Well, I, let me interject here. I, I, I forget. I wish I would have noted where I, I read this, but it's, I love it. And that is allow your competitors to be your best mentor. Yeah. Agreed. You, you, Agreed. because, you know, 
wisdom there you know there's the saying is you know knowledge uh, knowledge uh, uh, there's knowledge and there's wisdom and wisdom comes through experience and those who are truly wise learns from others and learns from others mistakes right you know mm. your parents and your grandparents you know you might oh, learn from my ex you learn from my mistake learn okay what the, what does that mean i was a 10 i didn't get it you know now mm. i do we all do have to go through some of our own mistakes and learn through our own hard knocks and so forth that's experience and but uh, i i so i love that you brought that up um and so, but I like what I, I do like what you said because so so just without naming names, what what do you think has been maybe one of the the best lessons or the best insights or tips that you have learned from a quote unquote competitor? I learned to not make silly mistakes and not base certain things that I do or all the things that I do, something that was created 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Um, I continue to see people who come up with new services or new charters that are based on things that we've had for only 10 years. And that, what was 10 years? doesn't mean it's valid today and it's not valid today let's be honest so i always instead of looking at what is happening today i tell anyone to just simply look what is going to be happening in 10 years in 10 or 20 years time i don't want people to feel like they're gonna stay today in 2020 i want i want people and companies to feel that they're not gonna survive only this year next year i want them to survive until the 2050 at least because that's the projection projections we can actually make as well um, and we know where we're going with certain things too so the more we learn about the future and the vision we're gonna put forward, the better outcome is gonna be for our companies, for anyone who is working with us and for ourselves too. If we're gonna base on things from the past, well, I wish you good luck, as I always say. Well, just like the example would be per, you know, in UK here, we have the Equality Act 2010, um, which is 10 years old. And if a company is trying to tell me that they are ticking all the boxes with from the Equality Act 10, uh, 2010. I'm like, great, did you think about what is happening in 2020? And did you think about what is going to be happening in five or 10 years? Because on the end of the day, what we and the government came up with, let's say 10 years ago, unfortunately is not valid today. And there are so many new things that we've learned about simply even the LGBTQ community. We've got the new terminology. We've got the new approaches to different things. We don't use certain words. We don't use certain things. We want to make sure that um, when there is a trans person on the screen in the film, we want that trans person to be a trans person. We don't want no more bringing straight cisgender individuals to do those things. You know, and I think 10 years ago, it would be allowed to, to be done and people would perhaps close an eye on it. But in 2020, right. we cannot and we should not. Um, pronouns, there is so many different examples that, again, 10 years ago were not perhaps valid. Today, they exist in dictionaries. 
if you do not wish to open a dictionary today in 2020 and you want to use the version from 2010, well, good luck. You're not going to move forward too much. Let's update you. Let's make sure that you know this is going to be up to date and do not miss out on the information that is available on google.com. <laughs> some of that um, on outbureau.com. <laughs> and on outbureau.com. And if you still do not have enough time to go and research this information, don't worry, go to diversitypride.org and we will help you out. Um, this, this, these are very simple things that people can do and should do. Um, unfortunately, a lot of competitors, if we're talking about them as well, you know, I, I, I just feel quite bad when they forget about very small things, including, let's say, in the communication. Um, I, we love hashtags. Every single person loves hashtag. And when you have multiple words, for example, we tend to go all lowercase. And a lot of people do that. And let me tell you, you exclude people who have problem uh, with vision or generally use the software on computers um, or on their phones to read the text out to them. Because whenever the software is reading this out to them, automatically there is, uh, it's just gonna know, it's, it's gonna be all together and will make no sense to the person who is listening. Mm. Now, as a diversity and inclusion consultant, a person who wrote a book, I've seen a lot of people who wrote a lot of amazing books, and yet they continue to use it on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. I question whether you should call yourself director or chief of diversity and inclusion in the company. Because those are simple things. Even within the LGBTQ community, we have people with disabilities. And the competitors, and including people who internally work um, as a head of diversity and inclusion, continue to do very small mistakes. Well, of course, it's you know, a learning I, curve. I, I, right. I think in all fairness that, you know, the te technology is changing so fast and rapidly. And like even what the, the last 10 years, folks, grab your belt, grab, grab onto something because the next one to two years, what had took 10 years to change from 2010 to 2000, uh, uh, 2020, in technology and social media, that change, that amount of change is probably going to happen in one to two years because it's, it's and that's one of my, that's what I'm editing right now is the first, um, first episode for uh, social media. Um, and I have a director of a international social media agency who have now, uh, we're hopefully going to be doing regular content. And one of those, so that's one of those, those not the exact thing. So I'll, I will get his input on that too. I think that'll be an interesting inter intersect there. And it, it, there's so much information. So uh, on that particular kind of topic, it's, uh, I, I mean, I like, yes, it's a mistake. Uh, but, but geez, I think we could have just a whole, a whole, just three minute little, uh, little um, uh, episode on that right there is proper hashtags for 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 inclusion right so uh so i think you're right and you know there should be the uh, either the underline and, and i don't know if all readers uh would read it properly if it's capitalized you know that that would be a test that that we would have to do 
uh, or I can ask Justin about oh, so it's only the first letters need to be capitalized so that it reads it properly yes yeah oh okay because then see, the, the always, system see, yeah I personally I guess I never got on the whole bandwagon of the all lowercase because I personally just find that hard to read mm. without even being a, a without even being a um, you know a, an artificial intelligent reader for me but just me personally as a human being I just find that hard to read it's like Whoa. and mm -hmm. so I personally personally I have always done the capital letters or an underscore between uh, the words so it's a very interesting yeah I see I find an especially if it's long right if there is mm -hmm. if it's that and it's all lowercase I don't yeah, so I could imagine for someone with disabilities uh, that that would be difficult because I personally find it difficult. <laughs> mm. But you know, and, the truth and, is, you don't have to have disability to have difficulties to read it. Even for me, and not not do I have a difficulty to read this for certain things that I'm not perhaps programmed to read, and I don't see them often. This is going to be a difficult one. Uh, yeah. To you just get straight away what it is, what you know, what the two or three words are, um, and we need to, yeah, and we need to always, you know, kind of look at the inclusive, obviously communication, how we use it, um, whether it, and it does. It's not only for people with disabilities, um, and yeah. <laughs> sure. So, so while we're on that uh, quick topic, is there any other maybe? you know technology social media side of things that you maybe have noticed just just out of curiosity uh there is both social media technology uh, there is a lot with the artificial intelligence that uh, when it comes to um specifically recruiting the systems yet again fail us with what we want to get out of the system and unfortunately it just picks up the things that um, the person that is applying for example for the job is not um, the system is not picking up the specific words because of the formats um, need to be sent um, because of the wording that should be included specifically uh, sometimes it can be PDF, sometimes it can be words and, and, and there is also a lot of different biases in the artificial intelligence in general. Um, oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, there is a lot. Oh, there is a lot. <laughs> uh, which I absolutely love. And, well, we had examples, um, that was a few years back when, uh, was it Apple who introduced the facial recognition or, you know, unlocking the phone and suddenly, you know, black people, for example, couldn't open their phones. Uh, because automatically, you know, the, the face wasn't recognized, the shape wasn't recognized. I don't, I, I don't know, don't, do not quote me on that one. Yeah, I, but I yeah. think there was specifically a, a company, I would need to research, but there was a company that um, tried to do it, and black people, for example, were completely excluded from it uh, and marginalized because the system wasn't um, able to recognize different shapes and, you know, eyes and different things on black skin. Um, so there is so much about it. There is about the recruitment again. Unfortunately, a lot of new recruiters or the people, young people, even and the older people as well, different generation, 
um, depending on how you use, uh, what software you use, um, you, the software is picking up the words from the uh, CV that you that the you know the agency or the recruiter is generally receiving, and if there is specifically wrong format, automatically the um, the system will filter out those CVs. So only ten CVs will be get will get to the top up, for example, which hmm. uh, most probably are you know programmed by someone who is already internally who is also, uh, you know, kind of in, in this circle and knows what to put, how to put those things. Um, and it excludes, again, those who are, you know, from poor backgrounds. Um, it sometimes pick up wrong, you know, names as well. With recruitment in general, oh gosh, there is a lot that you, you can look at and technology that is exclusion, well, it's going to be exclusion generally in most cases for people with disabilities. Uh, that is a big topic that we, we do as well with uh, Diversity Pride. Um, All right, it was a great chatting with you. You have a wonderful rest of your day and week. Thank you, Dennis, and the same to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching and listening. This is Dennis Velko with Out Bureau, where you belong and your voice matters. Come join us today at outbureau.com. That is O-U-T-B-U-R-O dot com. Bye-bye.